Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, where we explore all things related to motherhood, from career and relationships to parenting and wellness. Join me, Nina Spears, your baby expert and host, as we dive into topics that matter to mothers, share personal stories and insights, and interview experts and parents who can provide valuable advice and perspectives. Whether you're a first-time mom just starting out or a seasoned pro, we've got you covered. So grab a cup of tea, sit back, and let's Chick Chat. Hey guys, welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today we have Sarah Huff here to Chick Chat with us. Sarah is a SoCal native and a mom to two boys, eight and six years old. With a background in business administration and psychology, Sarah is now part of the BabyQuip team. After joining BabyQuip in 2016, she now oversees customer service and support and manages the ever-growing quality providers team. When she's not chasing her tiny boy gang around, she's soaking up the California sunshine. Today, we're chatting chatting with Sarah about all things Disney. Planning a trip and traveling to Disney World or Disneyland with kids can feel overwhelming. Sarah is here to share with us all the best tips and tricks to make your next Disney vacation just as magical as you imagine. So let's chick chat and learn more. Hi, Sarah. We're so happy to have you on our show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited. I have a lot of great information. I love Disney, so let's get to it. <laughs> Please, let's. I was just saying to you that I've never done Disney with my kids, and I feel like I need to do it within the next like three years. So I need all of the tips from you, Sarah. So well, yeah, I've got it. All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. But before we get into it, we always like to learn a little bit more about our guests. So please tell us about you, your background, and how you ended up where you are today. So I am the basically service manager for BabyQuip. And BabyQuip is a company international. We rent baby gear to traveling families, local grandparents, or other family members that are having babies, toddlers, children visit and need all that, all the baby gear stuff. So I started with BabyQuip in 2016 when my oldest was five months old and we were traveling and I used them to rent all the gear because, you know, as a new mom, I wanted to make sure that everything went off without a hitch. And so I used them back then to rent all the baby gear. And then I started as a quality provider in Los Angeles and the rest is history. So I kind of Worked as a quality provider. I'm actually still a quality provider about 30 minutes outside of Disneyland. And I kind of just worked my way up in the company. And I now manage our service desk for our customers and our service for all of our quality providers across the United States and internationally as well. So busy with all things baby quip. And genius that you guys thought of this because, man, traveling with kids, you just have so much stuff. You're telling me. Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm especially the car seats. Like, can we talk about that? Oh my God. Literally, my husband's like, no, this is awful. Can we just please? Yes. Can we please not have to do this? And I'm like, actually, it's necessary. So, anyway, we'll get more into that. 
I think on vacation, car seats end up weighing like an additional 50 pounds because you have to lug them everywhere. So it's just like a universal experience that you're like, when did this car seat go from 50 to 100 pounds? It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just like the car seat with all of your fears and trauma and whatever coming through the airport as you have a snack monster like attached to your leg. A hundred percent. You basically just have one (laughs) hand the whole day. And Sarah, so tell us about your family and like what you all enjoy doing together, like more personal side of you. So I have two boys. They are eight and six now, which is crazy. I don't know how I even have children that old yet, but I have an eight and six year old and we love to travel actually as a family. Road trips are one of our favorite things to do because I am a glutton for punishment and we like visiting different places. And I honestly love seeing new places or places that I've been to already through the eyes of my kids, which sounds really cliche, but there is something really magical about experiencing things through your kids. So we love to visit new places and go places. And like I mentioned, I'm in Southern California. So we're often out in the sunshine, playing outside at the beach. We do a lot of theme parks. Uh, My kids love a good roller coaster. So we're just a really active family. And my husband carries all the gear for us, follows behind and carries everything. Yes, honey. Absolutely. Exactly. Where, do, where do I put Where this? do I go? Just tell me where to be. <laughs> so I think that a lot of parents think that idea sounds beautiful until they start having to pack and lug everything and do all of that stuff. And so I'm curious for you, like at what ages did you start traveling with your kids? Did you wait till they were a certain age and you didn't have to bring everything in the kitchen sink or you were like, no, let's do it. It's not that bad. Well, no, it is that bad, but I still said, let's do it. So we flew with a baby when we had a five or six month old. And I think a lot of parents can relate to this. The first baby is an angel baby. And then the second one is a little bit more spirited, if you will. And so (laughs) we did another plane trip with a, I would say about a three-year-old and about a 18 month old. That's kind of the age difference. And uh, my husband and I looked at each other and said, never again. But then we did it again and again and again. So we've been traveling as a family since the kids were tiny babies and we still do it. And we still look at each other every time and say, are we crazy for doing this? And yes, we are, but we'll remain crazy probably until they leave the nest and then we'll be crazy with each other. Thank you for being so (laughs) honest about that because I think people paint this picture of like, oh, it's really not that bad if you just do these magical things. And I'm like, okay, so am I hallucinating? So Right. No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) There are some magical aspects of it, but gosh, most of it's really stressful, especially the getting to the place and the leaving from the place. And back to challenges, what have you found are the biggest challenges when traveling with kids? Is it like what you just said, getting to the place and leaving? Or what are the, in your opinion, like those biggest challenges that we need to keep in mind so we can fully prepare ourselves? I think it's the gear, honestly, like bringing all of the things, especially the younger, the baby, they need the most things. So making sure that you have all those comfort items and everything that you need for a baby or toddler, keeping them entertained. Truly, I think I always have the best intentions when I pack for a trip. I'm like, 
very structured. I have all the days out that's planned and the snacks for the travel and the toys for the travel. And then, you know, on the way back, you're just throwing stuff into bags and hoping for the best. So I've really been trying to remind myself, like the first leg of the trip is really fun. Everyone's excited. It's the last leg of the trip where everyone's exhausted that you really need to prepare for when you have the energy. And how can we prepare for that, Sarah? (laughs) Well, bring as little gear as possible. Honestly, if you can rent it or borrow it when you get there, I think that that will really solve a lot of stress, especially with the car seats or the strollers or all the extraneous stuff, like the places to put the baby and the bouncers and the toys and all that kind of stuff, the high chair. If you can get that when you get to your destination, it makes traveling just so much easier. I was going to say, I even know like clients who are like, my baby will not sleep unless they're in the swing, which I'm like, well, one, I know listeners, you're not supposed to put your baby in a swing to sleep, blah, blah, blah. And I totally agree. And she probably knows that. But when you're a tired parent, you do what you got to (laughs) do. And she was like, you will do anything. <laughs> and she was like, no, I'm going to New York because she's an opera singer. And she's like, I'm going to New York and like my baby will not sleep unless she's in this swing. How do I get this swing to New York? I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. And this was this no. was like, this was, let me, let me just paint the picture. This was like 10 years ago. I've been working with families for a while. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't know that a company like y'all existed. And so you're absolutely right. When you have these big things that you have to worry about how to get them there, how to pack it, all of that. It can be such a pain. So that's a really great tip thinking, what can I borrow? What can I rent? Do I buy it and just return it if I can't even find it for rent? Like, what are the things? So I really like that. And so let's talk about Disney now. So where should a family start, in your opinion, when planning a Disney trip? I think the most important thing is to start with a date. And that date probably shouldn't be tomorrow. You're, <laughs> you're going to need a lot of time to plan stuff out, especially if you want to make the most of your trip. So start with a date and have that date be a couple months to a year out. That way you can get the best deals, the best pricing. You have plenty of time to plan, pack all the cute outfits, make sure you have everything that you need, and you're not scrambling last minute. So I think starting with a date is really important. And then from there, you're going to want to obviously make sure that you have accommodations if you're going to stay near the resort or at the resort. And then make sure that you obviously have tickets to the theme park. So (laughs) tickets and reservations, you do have to have a reservation now, even if you have a ticket to the theme park, you have to make sure that you also have a reservation for the days that you want to go. So I think starting there is the best place. And I think there's so many different ways to go about Disney travel. You can do very frugal, budget-friendly. You can go all out. I know lots of people who kind of keep it real simple. And then there's other people who want this to be their family trip of the year. And so they're willing to go above and beyond. I kind of tend to be an all or nothing type gal. So I like to do all the things and get all the stuff and plan all the adventures. So in my opinion, and it's not always necessary, but I do think finding a Disney travel agent is going to be your best friend. Disney offers a program so that travel agents can get certified in Disney travel. 
And oftentimes the whole price of the trip is about the same with that travel agent fee as if you tried to book it kind of piecemeal by yourself. And they're going to get you the best discounts, the best tickets, the best accommodations, everything. So if you're looking to do kind of like this huge family trip, I would maybe think about a, a Disney travel agent. I so appreciate that because I think, especially if you've never been, you don't know where to start, where to go. Because you're like, hey, what are the best restaurants? What time should I go to this park and that park? And when do they open? And all of this stuff, having someone to talk to and be your best friend with that could be so helpful. I can see that. How can families get the most? Is that your number one thing when I say like, how can they get the most out of their Disney trip? Is it getting that planner or is there something else like documenting it? Or is there a certain product or what is it that families can do to get the most out of their Disney trip? So I think the first thing, and it's totally free, is the Disney app. And that's going to give you all that insider information about the theme park that you need. Which rides are height friendly for your children? I mean, I've traveled with two kids to different theme parks and one is super tall and can ride everything. And then one is really short and can't ride anything. And so if you go into the theme park and don't know which rides everyone can ride, that could result in a meltdown, which obviously nobody wants. So the app is a great place to start. So that's going to give you ride times, a map of where everything is. It's going to give you all the great places to eat. A fun little tidbit is that you can order meals ahead at the theme park via the app and then just go pick them up so you don't have to stand in line. Kids aren't hangry. You're not hangry. You just have kind of everything moves in progression and is really easy. So I'd start with that app. Disney has Genie Plus, which again is not necessary, but certainly offers you kind of shortened wait times and what is this Genie Plus? I've never I am a Disney virgin essentially. <laughs> the last time I went was a long time ago and it has changed significantly. If it's been a while since you've been, I think Genie Plus has been transformed from the fast track pass. Basically it allows you to kind of sign up for a ride and then it tells you like, hey, come to the front of the ride when your ride's ready. So that can really be helpful, especially with little kids. I feel like they have such a limited attention span for waiting in line that, (laughs) yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, hello, don't you care about the ambiance? Especially when it's like hot or rainy or freezing cold or whatever. You just don't want to wait in line all that long. So I think that Genie Plus, if you want to add it onto your ticket, it's, it's based on how many rides you want in a certain amount of time to get in the front of. So you can definitely do that. Something that I found out, this is really helpful for my husband and I, because we love to ride the rides too. And each boy kind of has their tolerance for thrills. So each boy doesn't necessarily want to ride the rides that we want to, or they're not tall enough or old enough. So Disneyland has rider switch. So you can stand in line with one child or by yourself ride the ride and while the parents waiting with the baby that can't ride and then 
when you get off the ride, that parent can switch with you and they don't have to wait in line. So it kind of makes it a little bit more fun for parents. They don't have to only ride the thing, Peter Pan or the teacups or whatever. They can go on Big Thunder Mountain or all the exciting thrill rides that maybe little kids want. That's a really great tip. Thank you for sharing this. Yeah, I think so. And and now (laughs) when you're getting to Disney, I think that's another thing. People are like, where should I stay? Because there's so many options. So what should families take into consideration when choosing a place to stay at Disney? And how do you recommend families find the best deals, hotel deals, when they're making that choice? So I, like I said, I'm kind of an all or nothing gal and I love an immersed experience. So in my opinion, I think that it is worth the splurge to stay at a Disney resort hotel. There's a few different benefits to staying on property. One would be early entry. So if you're staying at a Disneyland property, you get in a little bit earlier before other ticket holders, which allows you one extra ride before people start getting in line or one extra character photo or just a little bit more time in the park without the masses. So that's kind of exciting. Obviously, each Disney Resort hotel has its own little theme, but there's so much to do at that hotel that if you've got the toddler that needs to take the nap or is overwhelmed or overstimulated, you need a break from the park, it's super hot, super cold, you can go back to your hotel and they have so many different attractions. They have a pool, they have little play groups and all that kind of stuff. That's so much fun for the kids and for adults. And I think it's super exciting to be able to stay um, on the property and get in early and do all the Disney things, get right inside. Something that Disney aficionados call the rope drop is being there right when the park opens. They call it the rope drop when they let everybody in. And that can be really exciting. And so if you're not staying right on property, you might have to travel a little bit or find parking and stuff like that. So I think that that can be a little bit more taxing, especially if you have smaller kids. But in my opinion, the other hotels that are around, specifically Disneyland, because that's where I am and I do services to Disneyland, but the other hotels also have kind of that Disney magic to them. So if you can't stay on property, I don't think it's like a deal breaker, but it's still really fun to just stay around the Disneyland property or around Disney World. It makes it kind of a, just a little bit more of an immersive experience. Are there ways for us to find like good deals for those specific hotels that we need to know about? Well, I think you can go through your typical booking sites and try to find deals there. There's a couple of different kind of websites that specialize just in Disney tickets and hotels. And sometimes you can find discounted rates. And then obviously, if you use that Disney travel agent, they're really going to be able to find you those deals. And obviously, the earlier you book, the more likely you are to get a better price. So get started right now for 2027. (laughs) Great tip. Just kidding, kidding, but not. But yes. Uh, Maybe you should. (laughs) I love it. Okay, Sarah, what recommendations do you have for planning out each day when visiting Disney? Is there like, I feel like this is a marathon. You can't just like sprint it the whole way. Or maybe you do and you die. But I feel like it's a marathon and you want to like take it slow and a good pace. So what are your thoughts on that? 
So I think each day you're going to want to use that Disney app and kind of see when are the shows, when are the character visits, when's the character breakfast, when are the fireworks, when does the castle get lit up, and then kind of go from there. So if you know that you really want to get these rides in, and you also want to see the parade, and then you want to see the fireworks, and you want to have a character breakfast, you're just going to want to plan those out according to kind of your schedule. I think parents get real worried that they're not going to get the full experience that they just don't go, go, go. But you as a parent are going to be exhausted and your kids are going to be exhausted. So you need to plan for breaks. You need to obviously plan for meals. Um, You need to make sure that you are doing things that are not just rides. Otherwise, you're going to be waiting in line forever. And that's not the total experience of Disney. There's so many fun things to do around Disney. You know, there's thousands of hidden Mickeys all over property. So something that's fun to do, who doesn't love a scavenger hunt, is look for the hidden Mickeys everywhere you go. Take in kind of all the magic of Disney itself and look around and take in the ambiance and visit the stores and the shops and all the things that aren't rides. Let your kids kind of stretch their legs and run around. And something that I noticed or I read that was really important was giving the cast members compliments. And I think that's so nice. And I read a little bit more about it because I wanted to know kind of what that was all about. And it's just a way to sprinkle magic throughout the day. And cast members really appreciate those little compliments, especially if they've done something nice for you and they're encouraged to do like little bits of magic for families throughout the day. So I think it's nice to give back that way. And it's nice to have your kids say thank you to the princesses and take all the pictures and enjoy all the magic that Disney has to offer. So you don't have to do everything all at once. Oh, and that is such a sweet and really great tip to give back to those characters and the staff because they do have to work so hard and put on that smile. And so doing that, I think that's that's such a beautiful tip. I never heard that, but it makes complete sense. So thank you for that. And you said meals and planning for those things. Like obviously you think, oh, okay, yes, I need to plan my meal. But I'm thinking you probably need to know where you're going to have your meal and plan all of that out. So So what would you recommend for that process for planning your meals and your breaks with your rides and all of that? So, you know, you can bring in all your own food into Disney and you can bring a refillable water bottle and all that. So if you don't want to go crazy on purchasing meals, I would say determine which meals you really, really want to do at the park, which meals do you really want to do kind of at the surrounding areas, and which ones are you really willing to bring in with you or the snacks or whatever. So for my family, we're not huge on breakfast. So we never eat by breakfast because what's the point? The kids are going to eat one bite of a pancake and they're too excited and they're ready to go. And then you've just spent so much money right out the gate and you haven't even been to Disney yet. So I think it's important to kind of determine what works best for your family. Obviously, look at dietary needs and that sort of thing. But bring all the snacks. All of them. Literally. Um, all of the <laughs> snacks. 
I don't think that you need to buy a ton of snacks at the park. You're not missing out on a lot. Um, Like I said, you can order ahead with the app and have those meals ready for you. You can plan out the meals on the app. So look around and see which things sound the best. If you're going to try the different flavors of Dole Whip, if that's something that you're interested in. I know a lot of people are Dole Whip aficionados. And just determine what's most important to you. I think if you have those little kids and they really love Disney, a character breakfast is always nice to add. I just got finished saying that my kids don't eat breakfast, but they do love characters and you get to sit down, you know, with your favorite Disney princess or your favorite Disney character have a little breakfast, start the magic before the day gets going. And it's kind of a nice way to start the day, but definitely bring so many snacks. I know people who just bring one suitcase full of food for their family. (laughs) That makes sense. sense. I mean, I feel like you should bring one suitcase full of food for my family just on a daily basis everywhere. I I was like, should I just do Instacart (laughs) as soon as I get there and like have it delivered straight to my hotel? (laughs) That's what I was thinking. But and then how do you bring that all in the in the park? You just have everything in your stroller basket. Honestly, my kids probably could walk around the theme park. Would I want to deal with the tired feet and whining? Probably not. But I would bring a stroller forever just for the storage possibilities. Even though they're probably outweighed the stroller (laughs) recommendation. Yeah. I'm like, no kids, you push me in this stroller. Yeah, exactly. Here's your workout. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay. Now, specifically for babies and toddlers, for those families who are like, no, I, it's okay that they're little. Some people are like, no, we need to wait until they're older so they can remember this magic. And then other parents are like, no, I'm going to remember this magic. And I want to have these memories with my baby at Disney. So what, Sarah, are your top tips and tricks for babies and toddlers at Disney? Well, first of all, I mean, you might as well get started before they're three because they're three. So before the third birthday, I know, just toss them in the stroller and go because they're free. Then you can see the magic on their eyes and your day is improved. It's amazing. But I think a neat thing about Disney is obviously they're so family friendly. There's baby centers on property which have changing rooms, feeding rooms, family bathrooms, a place to kind of get out of the sun, do all those snacks and change the diapers and all that kind of stuff. And those are open to families, obviously, with little babies. And that will make your trip so so much easier. I know. Isn't that so nice? Another thing about Disney properties being family friendly is most of the hotels already have pack and plays, cribs, and high chairs just available for your family trip. So if you're worried about your baby sleeping and they sleep in a pack and play or a crib and you really want to make sure when you're making your reservation at the hotel, just ask them to add that onto your room and it'll be there waiting for you. Or if they don't have them or if they're out, you can rent them. But I think that making sure that everyone sleeps really well, especially the little ones, is really important to a good day. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> and if you do have a stroller, which you know you have to bring if you have the little people, they also have tire air pump stations around Disney. So if you get a flat tire or you're low or whatever, you can just fill up your air and go. So I think that those are like just little hidden things that make the trip just that much easier. And obviously the snack the snacks are important. I read another tip. This isn't mine, although I wish it really was. That obviously when you go, the souvenirs are going to be kind of a focus. Yes. Mommy, I need this. Even though it's $50, I really need this. I'm like, but do you? Right. But do you? Um, so, so some this, um, you know, Disney insider was like, go to the dollar store, go to, you know, the dollar bins or whatever and find the Disney toys. And instead of buying a Disney souvenir every time the toddler or the baby or the grown up wants something Disney, just pull out that dollar item and say, ah, I have a Mickey right here for you. I have a mini or whatever character they're interested in. And that way you don't have to go overboard on the souvenirs. When you are buying souvenirs, you can send them directly to Main Street, we'll call and they'll hold them for you. So you don't have to carry those packages around all day long. And the souvenir shops stay open after the rides close down. So you don't have to be waste any of that ride time, daytime stuff with shopping, unless you want to. You can do it after the park closes and then take that back to the hotel with you or your Airbnb or wherever you're staying. And so those are just some tips for souvenirs because I know that those can add up a lot. Especially for the little ones, the babies and toddlers, they see those stuffies, they see whatever it is, and they must have it. And so that's such a great tip, like just having, it's it's saying no, but in a really nice right. way. It's in a creative <laughs> way. <laughs> it's a tricky way. Is it lying? No. Is it smart? No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Another way to save money is you can buy Disney gift cards kind of at a reduced cost. Usually Target has them or whatever. So you get, it's like 5% off of the total cost. And then you can pay for everything at Disney with a Disney gift card. So you're saving just a little bit of extra money. It's kind of nice. You can use that money towards a new set of ears or that Disney plushie that you need. So that's another great tip. All the savings we need. Yes. We need all of the savings. Oh my god! That's really great. Seriously. Okay, so you talked about this earlier. Gear. Oh, girl. What gear and products do you think are the most important things to bring to Disney World or Disneyland with a baby or toddler? So you're going to be taking pictures on your Disney app using your phone all day long. Bring a portable charger. I mean, the worst thing would be for your phone to die and then you can't take any more magical photos. You don't have the app available. You have to go back to the hotel and charge it. So bring a portable charger. I think, like I mentioned before, you can bring in refillable water bottles. So 
you can just go to any station and get water. You can also go into any eatery and ask for a cup of water. So if you have formula that you need to mix or anything like that, you have fresh water, you don't have to carry it with you, which saves a lot of that space. I think having a few little toys to entertain kids while they're in line is really helpful. Here in Southern California, it stays hot so long. Having a little stroller fan or something similar to cool everybody off during the midday heat is really helpful. And those are pretty inexpensive and you can just throw it under the stroller if you don't need it. And it really helps mom and dad out and babies out. And then did I don't know if I mentioned the snacks. Bring the snacks. If you've ever had a hangry baby. (laughs) If you guys didn't leave this episode with anything, it's bring all of the snacks to Disney. Bring the snacks. Another thing that you might not be expecting is inclement weather. Bring like an umbrella or a little poncho. This year in Southern California, we got some of the most rain that we've ever seen. And you would see pictures of people out at Disneyland just drenched, soaked, because they didn't think that it was going to rain. But you can get like really inexpensive little ponchos or rain covers, stroller covers, et cetera, et cetera. There's nothing worse than being wet at a theme park. Almost as bad as being hot, but can't really take the heat away. So you can prepare kind of for inclement weather. That's important. Those are some good ones. And what are your must-haves that you should pack in your bag for a day at Disney? So you mentioned a lot of the extra charger, the snacks, the fan. Is there anything else that I should pack in my bag? You're going to want to bring a sweatshirt, a blanket. I think bringing an extra pair of socks is important or a couple different pairs of walking shoes. There's not going to be anything worse than sore feet on the next day after you've worn a pair of uncomfortable shoes. You'll probably want to bring one nice baby outfit for that character breakfast or that fun dinner that you all have so that you have those nice photos. Something that I think a lot of people forget about is how loud or how bright hotels can be. So popping in portable blackout curtains and portable sound machines can really help everyone sleep so much better in a loud hotel. Just having that little extra white noise and the little extra blackout curtains are so nice to have at a hotel. Just makes it a little bit more comfy for everybody. Everybody sleeps a little bit better. Sleep is priority. Absolutely. We need all of the good rest so that we can have a fun-filled day. I love that. And are there any other Disney hacks? You've been sharing so many great Disney hacks, but is there another top Disney hack that you would like to share for doing the parks like a pro? I think going when there's less people is going to make everything so much better. And so that's usually in June, right before school lets out or right after school lets out. And then August, right after school gets in or right before school gets in. So those are two times that a lot of seasoned professionals, seasoned Disney professionals go to Disney because there's fewer people, which means less wait time, less lines, more fun less chaos, etc. One other tip. They do have, oh God, I can't remember the exact name. It's a magic pass, a photo pass you can purchase. 
And then that allows you exclusive access to in-photo rides, all the photos that people take of you all throughout the park. It just adds a little bit more magic and you just never know if you're going to have one of those great ride photos where everybody's face is perfect and lit up and then you can frame it and put it on top of your fireplace but you can buy like a little magic pass and all those photos are available to you and your family part of that pass and you can go through them all at any time and remember your amazing Disney trip. I love that because I always felt like it's hard at certain places to be like, where can I find these dang photos? You have to go to like this kiosk and try and enter in all this stuff. So that's good to know. (laughs) Awesome. And you actually mentioned this a little bit. We talked about, gosh, kids, they can just get so tired. I'm waiting in line, mommy. I'm just, ugh. So how do you recommend keeping young kids engaged when they might get tired after a long day at Disney? And you're like, mama's got all these other things planned. You got to perk up. (laughs) Well, you know what? Something that I do with my kids, and they're a little bit older, but you can play while you're in line, is the heads up game on your phone. And it's basically like a guessing game that you play on your phone. So you you download the heads up app, and then it's going to give you a clue. And then it's like charades, but for the other people. So whoever's got the phone is trying to guess what word, character, person, event, etc. is on the phone. And so your family is shouting things out at you while you're waiting in line. And it's very entertaining. And it keeps everybody engaged in the wait line goes by a lot faster. I think eating in line <laughs> with the snack <laughs> with the snacks is so is so important. And I think also reminding your family, your kids to take in what's around you and just enjoy every moment. I think it we get kind of wrapped up and stressed or don't pay attention to all the magic around you, but like I said, there's so many more things than just the rides to look at take in, enjoy. I've been going to Disneyland since I was a little girl. And my mom used to always tell me, you know, look around, enjoy the ambiance, enjoy the magic that's before the ride while you're waiting in line, looking at all the characters, looking at all the scenery and everything. And it really does help the wait go by as you're paying attention to all the things that aren't just the ride. Yes, we have to remind our kids, hey, look at all this stuff. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? All of that. I love that. That's so good. And I am curious, we're talking about tired. For kids who still have nap times, how do you, what are your suggestions and recommendations for families who are like, I want to get the most out of my Disney trip, but my kids still take naps. Am I going to miss out on too much? What are your thoughts on that? Well, my general I thought is that you're going to miss out on a lot if you have a cranky toddler. So sticking to the nap routine, while not always fun, is probably necessary, right? So if you have one of those babies that can sleep on the go or one of those toddlers that falls asleep wherever, just get a good stroller that has an awesome recline and hope that they fall asleep while they're in that stroller do that rider switch where one person waits with the sleeping baby in the stroller, goes to ride the ride, and then they switch, which is great. Find a nice shady spot. Or go back to the hotel and everybody take a nap. There's really no reason to wear yourself out trying to fit in the most because you're just not going to enjoy it if you're tired and everybody's cranky and grouchy. So just take the naps. It's totally okay. And your kids won't take naps forever. And you'll come back when they won't take naps. 
you'll still want to take one, but maybe they'll be pushing you around in the stroller by then. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that'd be nice. What would you say is the like best number of days to visit Disney? Is it, was there a magical number where you're like, this is not like not enough time to really experience it all, or this is just a lot of Disney. And is there a magic number that you can share with us? I think that's probably going to depend on your family. Take into stock who you're taking. Is grandma going? Is your grouchy uncle going? Is the go-getter aunt coming? Like, Just kind of take into stock what the trip is going to be like. And I don't want people to think, if I don't go for so long, I'm not going to get the full benefits. If you can only go for one or two days, it's going to be so fun. If you can go for three or four, I think you're going to have the best amount of time. For my family personally, after about three or four days anywhere, we're exhausted. We're sick of each other. Maybe they're sick of me. I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, let's go. I think it's really important to take into consideration your family, but you're not going to miss out on a lot if you can't go for a whole week and you're going to have a good time if you can go for a day or seven. Disney is made for magic and memory making and having fun. So the whole experience, whether it's a day or seven, is going to be amazing anyways. So you can't go wrong. I love that. I don't think so. And, you know, we've kind of talked also a little bit about this. Disney vacations can be expensive. You know, that plushie that they need, the food, all of this. What are the things that you think are, you should really save on this? And what are the things are like, ooh, this is worth the splurge? Do you have any thoughts on those items? I think a Disney hotel is worth the splurge. I love the immersive experience. For my family personally, my kids are kind of picky eaters. I don't think that they need to eat a ton of food at the park. It's just not for my family. And I would give everybody a budget for souvenirs. Say this is the max. You get a set of ears. You can purchase two things or whatever the case is. And then that way you're not going over and everybody has the same expectation for how the trip will go. And once the dollars have been spent, there's no more and everybody knows what to expect. So for me, it would be hotel, splurge, food, bring your own. And what resources would you recommend for families who are looking to plan a Disney vacation? Is there any that you haven't already mentioned that we need to know about? No, I think finding a good Disney travel agent would be great. I think obviously if you have small babies and you want to rent a bunch of gear when you get there, Baby Clip's a great option. And there's tons of Disney-related websites where you can find cheap tickets, discounted tickets, advice, etc., And something that I find really fun is either following the hashtag Disney tips and tricks or Disney vacation on Instagram or TikTok. You're going to find so many personal experiences and little advice, families like yours, different kinds of families enjoying the parks. And they're going to give you different ideas and thoughts about how to enjoy the trip. And I always think it's nice to see other people's vacations. I like to be a little voyeur into their own travels and give me some ideas. 
we can all learn from everyone's little <laughs> findings and tips that they've learned along the way. So yes. And now for our listeners, we've talked about baby quip a little bit. And now I want to know with the rental thing. So I'm going to Disney. I don't want to bring these car seats, Sarah. How does this work? What do I do? Yeah. So you're just going to go to babyquip.com. We make it super easy. You just put in your destination. A list of amazing providers are going to pop up with where they serve, all their gear. You can browse through. You can get anything from car seats to full-size cribs, strollers for Disneyland. If you don't have one or you don't want to bring one, you can even get boxes of toys delivered to your hotel. So maybe you have one baby still napping, one baby who needs some downtime, brand new toys delivered directly to your hotel to play with during some of those at the hotel eight times. And if you're renting a car seat, they can bring it directly to the airport for you, or you have family and friends picking you up, they can bring them directly to them. All of our providers make it super, super easy to travel with kids. That's our main goal is to make traveling with children less stressful. And renting baby gear really helps do that. I guess I'm a little partial to that. But I do think it's such a neat option, if, especially if you don't want to bring all that stuff on the plane with you. Thank you for explaining that to us. So we have a good idea of how we can make that so much easier on ourselves. And Sarah, do you have any final thoughts or tips that you'd like to leave our audience with? My final thought would be, you're going to have a great time, no matter how much money you spend or how long you're going to spend. And it's really just up to your family and how you guys travel. So I know that there can be a lot of pressure to make sure each family trip is magical and memorable and every single second is perfect, but that's just not reality. And so I really hope that parents kind of take that into consideration and just go with the flow, enjoy the process, enjoy the trip, relax, enjoy it for themselves too and just make a bunch of memories and take a lot of pictures. This was great, Sarah. And where can our listeners find you now? Well, they can find me at Baby Club. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Like I said, I'm a quality provider down here in Southern California. So they can go directly to Baby Quip to find me. And I'm always around. Oh my gosh, Sarah, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your knowledge with us. This was just great. So much fun talking all things Disney with you. We just so appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And for our listeners out there to learn more about Sarah, as she said, you can find her online at babyquip.com or on Instagram at babyquip. Our team will be posting today's episode on our Baby Chick Facebook page. So if you have any questions or comments about our discussion, please share them with us in the comments section. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us an honest review. Cheers to a magical Disney vacation. 